what's up Hulkamaniacs thank you so much for tuning in to another brand new episode of Big Boys and Body Slams episode 3 we made it to 3 pretty big achievement let's give ourselves a round of applause Yay. Uh, <laughs> nice enthusiasm <laughs> um I think today is going to be a fun episode. Um, we're glad you tuned in again. Thank you to everybody who uh, watched or listened to episode two. We are on YouTube now, um, so everybody keep an eye on that. We're also on iTunes. We're also on Google Play. Still not on Spotify. Maybe time to... Uh, Why are they holding out on I don't us, know. Man? Maybe time to poke the hornet's nest on that one. Um, and we're on SoundCloud, of course, so you can listen to us everywhere. Hey, and a uh, shout out to Dean Williams. My boy. Our boy Dean bought a t-shirt. Ooh, a friend He's of the podcast t-shirt. Friend of the podcast t-shirt for yeah. a friend of the podcast. Good job, Dean. Way to wear it. Thank Support you. us. I'll clap for that. I'll clap for that. If you would like to buy a shirt, uh, we would love that. We have four really nifty designs up, and those are up at Big Boys Body Slams. No and. Big Boys Body Slams dot store envy with one E dot com. Big Keep boys, the dream alive. Yes. Big Boys Body Slams dot store envy. Dot com buy a shirt support your friends free marketing on the streets and they're kick-ass designs right like they're really cool Dude, they're shirts. sweet they're you sweet. should buy a shirt and then again just another way to support us if, if if not monetarily just keep listening keep sharing with your friends uh rate us on on itunes it looks like a a decent amount of people already have and that's so cool to see i love seeing the ratings come in let's keep them coming if it's only if it's five stars is it can we agree on that if it's yeah. a four-star review just don't, you know. Just we don't give need us five that stars. Negativity. Even if you want to give us four stars, just give us five, man. I, agree. I mean, yeah, five would be good, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to sell out and say four. Four is all right. Nah, five, but, five, oh, okay, five or bust. <laughs> uh, mean, anyways, uh, what are we talking about today, boys? We're talking about the second ECW One Night Stand pay per view, not the first one that had just all originals on it. We're talking about the second one that has matches with John Cena, Edge, a few other guys. Great show, not as good as the first one probably, but it's right up there. But it's still. Extreme. I did like the show. By the way, I'm Zach. Uh, to my left, your right, if you're watching on the video stream, that is Luke. Hello. To my right, your left, if you're watching on the video stream, we have Kyle. Hey, I'm still here. If you're watching on YouTube, you should watch. If you're not watching on YouTube, you should watch on YouTube because we are three real handsome fellas, if I do say so myself. And again, ECW One Night Stand 2, I guess you could call it. Um, Which is weird because it's, it's the second One Night Stand. Yeah. But... Yeah, hey, it works. Um, and again, this is kind of the official launch of WWE CW, as it were. It was a real hot. Less. It was a real hot start. Yeah, coming to from a the, very coming, coming, disappointing. Yeah, um, era. I think I looking at, looking at this show with like uh, future goggles on. Hindsight being twenty twenty. It's kind of sad to watch now, knowing what WWE CW, which I'll keep referring to it as, would become. Um, but just a, a really promising start, I thought. And to know where it went is one thing. But I think for today, maybe we should focus on where it could have went, which is kind of the mindset that everybody in the Hammerstein Ballroom that night thought, uh, particularly Paul Heyman, who came out to open the show with a fantastic Paul Heyman promo. They're always great. Um, but this one, there was just so much passion in his voice. And you could tell that he was super passionate about the product and that he was just really into what he was and he believed Dude, what he was saying he had the entire crowd in the palm of his hand no it, it, it was incredible you get chills the crowd was hot right at the beginning of course right when he right when Heyman's ecw music hit the crowd was nuts oh for sure they they wanted they were hungry for Heyman, and i think having him open the show with the, that promo that he cut was just the, oh there's the no right other move. way there's no other way to open it and can i say right quick uh, just a quick music factoid that the ecw theme 
is just like a twist on Rob Zombie's more human than human. I, I promise. Look it up. I'm right. Okay. He's right. I the believe man, you. When the man's right, Thanks, the man's pal. right. Um, yeah, just great. Um, Heyman oozes with passion. You can tell this is yeah. his child. Can, can, like, <laughs> like, he loves ECW. Those three letters mean more to Paul Heyman than anything. Sure. So... <laughs> I just I'm I'm usually the quote guy. Like I'm usually the guy who's who's paying attention and finding the the really obscure quotes. And the one that point, the one that stood out to me here, while he just was going on his tirade about you know how how ECW's back and bringing the future of hardcore, he referred to the fans in ECW as the swinging schlong of extreme. That was pretty awesome. Which, that was pretty great. Which which just tickled me. Yeah, he Did goes it. on. He, no he I love the line when he said, you know, it all started right here tonight. Um, just, you could, again, you could tell he was so happy to have his brand back. Um, he was making a lot of big promises that, yeah. unfortunately, again, with hindsight, he couldn't keep. Well, let's, that's kind of his MO, to be honest. But, but also, it's not really his fault that this yeah, didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, that was all corporate. Can I, can I say, though, with the invasion angle, the WCW and ECW angle, we should have seen that coming. I mean, with how badly that was booked. We should have seen how WWE CW was going to go down. That's a fair point. Yeah, they were going to screw it up. But anyway, this show freaking ruled. Yeah, nice. I, I really like this show and a, and a great one. start to it. Um, <laughs> so after that, um, the crowd is really get, getting going. And we start, and who comes out next but ECW legend himself in what would be his first match in a few years? Here and, comes, his, and his last match. And his last match. That's a very good point. Here comes Taz, and he comes out to just a huge pop. With two Zs, even though yes. ECW was only one. Kind of salty. Sorry. He's he's full WWE Taz at this point. He comes out, and he's going to be uh, having a match against Jerry the King Lawler, who is not very well respected by this uh uh, Hammerstein. Well, he has a long-standing, tradi- uh, long-standing uh, rivalry, I should say, with ECW dating back to the '90s, right, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I think he used to refer to it on air as extremely crappy wrestling. Yeah, well, so he, and he went back in the '90s. He went to the Hammerstein Ballroom and did the same thing and just talked complete trash to him. And I believe that was kind of a shoot. I don't think Lawler was a fan. I think no, Lawler's no, one of those course. old school guys. Dude, that, he's from Memphis. Yeah, he was all about just wrestling. Yeah, right. In his purest form. That's yeah, he he was him. very. Uh, I don't want to say old fashioned, but very traditional. No, he was old fashioned. Call uh, it what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so uh, yeah, he he. Um, can I say both, it right quick? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Ta- Taz's theme song here. He did use the old ECW one, and I I love it. It's a lot a, of good theme yes, songs. On yes. Yes. Oh my God. ECW had good ones. So this one was actually like it's it's Kiss's War Machine, which is an underrated Kiss song. Not a lot of people have heard. Look it up again. I promise I'm right. Amazing theme, and it really it really got the crowd going. They they were popping for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say. This wasn't much of a match, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, it's it's clear as both these men are coming out, they're both pretty much past their prime. I think at this point we can agree they're both. They as I like both to say, have their chest covered. They're both peak drunk uncle at this point, <laughs> and this is just like a drunk uncle brawl, or it would have been. Uh, but we'll get. I guess we'll get into the match. So King comes out as he's coming out. This is an important detail. He kind of sets down his like plastic Burger King crown on the table, and he just bitch smacks Joey Slaps Styles the onto the ground. Uh, that would come back to haunt him very soon as he gets in the ring. Uh, Taz and him start to have a stare down. Styles decides he's going to get his revenge. He comes in, jumps on Lawler's back. Lawler gets him into a pile driver position, which leaves his back open for the Taz mission, which Taz locks in and uh, Lawler falls asleep. Taz wins the match. That was it. That was the match. What did you guys think? I thought it was good for what it was. It was two. I gave it two and a half stars just because it popped the crowd so much. It gave Taz the win. 
and yeah. popped the crowd, gailed them happy. It was entertaining for what it was. Yeah, I I originally was I had I actually have one point five written down, but the more I think about it, I think I'm gonna bump that up to a two just because, um. It was the it was the opening match of the card. It was something to get the crowd fired up. That's all it was there for. They hated Lawler and they wanted to see him get his comeuppance. He got his comeuppance, and Taz at this point is so severely limited in the ring that this was about as much as you could have gotten from him. Uh, but it was good to see the Taz mission in the Hammerstein Ballroom again. So I'm gonna bump it up to two. Yeah, two stars for sure. Um, and and like you're saying, it definitely protected the heck out of both of them. Um, Taz super limited. Uh, Lawler old, and um, yeah, I mean, it was a good way to start it off. You could have also went with some sort of cruiserweight bout. Like, there was one other match that could have started this off uh, that, that could have been more of a car crash and, and really got people going. But the biggest thing, ECW fans, um, I mean, this is just the gift from God for them. And so, what they're looking for and what WWE gave to them for a lot of the show, ECW domination. is just ECW victories on ECW victories for the most part. And that, what more perfect way to start it off than just Taz just taking out Lawler immediately? Oh, I think, I think it worked great. I think, you know, Taz can't do anything at this point. Right. He's so injured and so far past his wrestling days. So it's good to give him that win, kind of like Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon at that one WrestleMania. I think it was 27, maybe, somewhere in there, where he can't really wrestle, but he... He gets his win, gets the crowd going, gets the crowd happy. Yeah, for sure. I thought I, yeah. Again, I raised my score. I, the more I think about it, the more I didn't really see too much wrong with it. Um, I love Taz, uh, friend yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, me too. Taz, if you're sure. listening, yeah, we'll be more than happy to do a guest spot on the Taz show. Maybe. Oh my god, friend of the podcast. Um, show me some captured Taz plexes, maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, can I say real quick? Oh, this isn't the first time that these two faced off. Um, actually, six years before this, when Taz first got into the WWE or WWF at the time, from ECW. Uh, he came in with his thug life born, thug life bred, that whole gimmick. And uh, he went after JR and Jerry Lawler when they were the broadcast team. And at that SummerSlam, um, he had... I remember, I just remember this vividly because I remember this pay-per-view so well. Uh, Taz had Jerry Lawler and the Taz mission near the ropes, and he's just like yelling at JR, Come on, redneck! And so, and so JR comes over with his hard candy jar, because of course good old JR has a hard candy jar at the table, <laughs> and just shatters it on Taz's face. Like cuts open his hand, busts Taz open. It was it was very satisfying. Taz was severely misused in the WWE. Uh, yes. I was just about to mention Completely that. Completely agree. Going from where he debuted in that huge spot against Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble in 2001, maybe? Well, it had to, it had 2000, to be 2000. 2000. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a great way for him to, 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 to I believe, hand angle his first loss in the WWF. Yeah, the I think so. Um, and then just the way he was used after that, and then ultimately the injuries kind of taking the toll on him and, and costing him kind of the duration of his career. But do either of you remember um, on Sunday Night Heat for a while, they did the Cooking with Taz segments? Do either no, of you remember? No. Oh, they had like a cooking show, but with Taz, and he got to like kind of flex his comedic muscles. I bet you can find them on YouTube. You oh, gotta no, check them out. He is funny for They're sure. They're great. They're great, and that's like check those out. one of my lasting WWE memories with Taz. For some reason, was the Cooking with Taz uh, segments. I really enjoyed late in Taz's career before he was an announcer for TNA when he was managing Samoa Joe. I thought that pairing was so oh, yeah. cool. Oh yeah, two two badasses. And I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure that uh, he, Joe learned a bunch from Taz. I mean, they, they were kind of similar wrestlers. Yeah, they, same, kind of the same build. Um, r- really good, technically sound wrestlers had great yeah. slam suplexes and of course submissions. Yeah, I thought that was great when TNA did that. But dude, ECW Taz, 
was a badass. Just can, as intense as you can oh get. Oh my god! Can you think? Like, imagine ECW Taz versus Kurt Angle right here. Oh my! That's a dream god. match right that there. That would have been great. That would have been fantastic. Oof. Maybe even some some ECW Taz versus some Kurt Henning or. You're getting me a little too excited now, pal. Or, or do you want me to go farther? Joe versus oh. Taz. There we go. Welcome to the Taz podcast. Oh, yeah. I guess we're putting Taz <laughs> we're just over. Not even uh, a fan, really. Friend of the podcast, you know. Um, so up next, but we apparently get... apparently not friend of Kyle's. We get, apparently not. I, I I like him, but I don't. I feel like... like he's, he's You like the wrestler. I like the wrestler. Okay. Yeah. I mean... We can just leave it there? Yeah, we'll just leave it there. Uh, love you, Taz. Love you, Taz. Uh, okay, so Taz. after that... <laughs> We get a, kind of a bizarre video package. Basically, it was just a recap of the WWE versus ECW Battle Royale. Uh, so that was there if you wanted that. I guess it did kind of have the Angle and Orton thing in there. So it kind of ties into the next match. So I guess tying into this match, ECW got two draft picks before their show. And Paul Heyman got Kurt Angle. And then as a video package went on, you find out Kurt, or Paul Heyman got the big show as well. So two very extreme wrestlers right there. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, uh, so that kind of leads us into the next match, which is Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle. And I think it's worth noting, obviously, and this is a trend with any WWE performer, even people like Rey Mysterio later who actually wrestled in ECW, hated by this crowd. Anybody who has that WWE moniker branding yeah. mm-hmm. attached to them, the, the, the people just hate. And well, except for Kurt Angle. That, that's Kurt, where I was Kurt, going with that. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say Kurt Angle was cheered yeah, heavily. Yeah, Kurt here. Angle was over with this ECW crowd. But I think Kurt Angle took in those three letters and made them his own. Oh, for, yeah. For as, as little involvement as he had with the, the ECW brand as the human wrestling machine, it was super over, super successful. Um, it's a shame it had to end when it did, but it's cool to see him embracing that. B tier brand, which is what WWE treated it as. Well, yeah. WWE ECW was kind of snake bit from the start. You know, Kurt Angle left pretty quick. The RVD Sabu issue that we'll get into later. I mean, they didn't really have a lot of good luck on their side. Well, and honest- then a lot of the wrestlers, like Sandman, they weren't WWE style wrestlers, and they yeah. were never going to be given a chance. Nope. No, no, nope. no. So you're never going to see Sandman like you did in the '90s and. Early two thousands, because you can't. If you can't have that, if you can't either be a monster or have like a fifteen minute match, and your brand can't align at all, like with WWE's, like those are three big things you you have going against you. With somebody like Sandman, who isn't going to put on a twenty minute decent match, who whose brand is entirely. Uh, off color compared to the what the WWE offensive even back then. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that later. Even back then was pushing. You know, like so I can understand why a lot of them didn't work out. It's just that it's still I don't know. It's still sad to see. I still though I still think that I know we're kind of going on to this, but I but I mean we do need to talk about it. WWE they can't just let a good thing be. They can't just let the good formula stick. And I think you're right. They treated it like the B show. And you can tell by how these were booked, even the WCW uh, wrestlers and, and that whole angle. You could tell how Vince actually felt about these. His ego got in the way of so much of booking that he treated them like they were the inferior. Which, how the hell are you going to get a, a, a brand over when you, when you can't even recognize it as a legitimate foe? Well, the thing that's interesting to me is now, without that competition level, you're seeing NXT treated as that. 
Yeah. If you think about yeah. it, people who are called up from NXT are immediate for the most part. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, these people that are coming up from NXT, once they get, once Vince gets his hands on them, they almost immediately get shuffled into the mid card or forgotten about or mishandled. Like the Ascension. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the yeah. Ascension. I mean, we could, we could make a whole episode dedicated to NXT call-ups we haven't worked out, but, uh, well, let's get to this match. This, this, is, this, is, this is a really good w. match. Yeah, this is a solid match. Um, so it starts out Orton. Well, knows yeah. how he's going to be received in this building. Okay. And, he plays it up to the max. He's pretty much playing the cowardly heel here. He's escaping the ring several times to start the match. Um, this whole first... By the way, Legend Killer Orton. Yeah, Legend Killer with Orton. With the sweet theme song. With the sweet theme song hey, by Mercy Drive. No, I think it's what their name was. I had that CD because they also did <laughs> Maven's theme song. Oh, my gosh. The Human Creator Wrestling. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a, that was a great CD, guys. Somet- it, sometimes I'll go onto Apple Music and listen to some... Uh, Mercy Drive. Luke has his hand up over here. You gonna you gonna put over Mercy Drive over uh, uh, the Limp? No, the Limp Biscuit's the greatest band of all time. Mercy Drive was a sleeper. Like if I was to have a fantasy music draft, Limp Biscuit would be probably be my number one pick. But I would take Mercy Drive in like the eleventh round as a sleeper. That's solid. That's yeah, solid. yeah for sure. Um, we're, gonna, so we're gonna have to draft some bands. At some point. We're gonna have to do a fantasy band draft for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. So the first, I'd say half of this match or so is very technically based. Um, it's it's angled pretty much just showing how much of a better wrestler he is than Randy Orton, which in, in front of this crowd gets over big time. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of sleeper holds and headlocks, and he gets the ankle lock in a couple times. Um, Orton didn't get didn't, didn't get the offensive advantage for, I'd say, what, five, six minutes in the beginning of this match? It was all Kurt um, early. Well, and it was like it was technical wrestling. He was just he was just just making a fool out of him. At one point, he had him in a headlock. He got him down to the ground and then just started smacking, just smacking him. Uh, he the did crowd it twice. ate that up. Yeah, he did it twice. Because then he got, he flipped him over and was doing it again. That's right. Yeah. Um, eventually, I kind of the turning point was um, uh, Orton was in the corner. Angle went to run at him to do I guess a corner spear. Um, Orton moves the classic shoulder into the post, and then Orton kind of just starts getting some strikes, some kicks. He's Orton hit a uh, big boy Irish whip, as I called it, right after that. <laughs> he where Irish he whipped, whipped angle, him so yeah. hard that he fell down. Yeah, he whipped Angle so hard into the corner that Orton took a bump, which I thought was pretty funny. It was a big boy um, one. It was awesome. Uh, and so he's just getting classic big man Randy Orton offense. He's hitting the he's hitting a couple kicks in the corner. He's hitting him with strikes, and then he goes for some mat based wrestling, gets him into a couple headlocks, which Angle reverses in very quick fashion. Um, the match goes on. We do get. A, an RKO tease, which Angle reversed into something. <laughs> I don't remember what now, but um, eventually we get a uh, Olympics or Angle Slam attempt, which gets countered into this big drop kick for a near fall by Orton. Orton, you can say what you want about him. I think he's a good wrestler, but he's got an, a great drop kick, <laughs> especially like oh, 2006 yeah. Orton. Those drop kick, he, the elevation he gets on those drop kicks is amazing. I can't say enough about yeah. Legend Killer Orton. He was great. He was fantastic. I loved him. I, I can't stand watching him work now. Yeah, no, I don't have a bad thing to yeah. say about Legend Killer, like that third generation cocky spiked hair Orton. And I think it does have a lot to do with how he's booked because this Orton here, he's more smooth and he's just he's just more cocky and and whereas now the Viper, by the way, the Viper, they make him move so slowly and methodically and he just takes the big shots only and it almost looks like he's lackadaisical and some of it's his gimmick, but some of it's just Randy Orton. He now. said on record before that he's not going to really risk himself for feuds that don't mean a lot to him, which I mean, I guess at this stage in his career, like you're welcome to say that now. Okay, but don't get, then don't book him. Well, I think 
uh, Orden does a really good job of playing to the crowd here, like really, just being like really well done, kind yeah. of annoyed by him. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. plays it really well, yeah. and then Kurt, Kurt like soaks it in that yeah they're, they're chanting stuff like "pussy" at Randy Orton and and "fuck him up," Kurt, and the chants this whole show were just this yeah. crowd was unchanged. Yeah, they were yeah. going nuts. Just there was awesome. some vulgarity, stuff. but I mean, I love how the crowd took Kurt in and Kurt just relished in it. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, we do get them the classic chain suplex sequence, the original suplex city, as I like to call it, uh, from or from uh, Angle to Orton, um, and then we get an Olympic slam, which is countered to the drop kick for a near fall. Then he gets the angle slam for a near fall. Um, he goes again for the ankle lock, which Orton like reverses into this like weird neck breaker, like from behind him onto his back. That was pretty cool looking. I've, I've seen Orton do it before, um, but it is kind of weird to like compare this Orton to now Orton where like he didn't do the middle rope DDT like he punt. didn't yeah he didn't do the punt he didn't do the big like RKO's like wind up he did it yeah. a little bit but he didn't have that whole like full rotation that he does now um again Orton's just being mean and nasty um eventually uh the straps come down. Yeah, eventually the straps come down. The RKO gets reversed into the ankle lock. And then once you see Angle lay down, the match is essentially over at that point. Uh, Orton taps. Angle gets the win. Post-match, I, I really liked this. Angle leaves, and then Orton gets the heat by himself. And he has to get helped up. And so the trainers come out and help him up. And then after he gets up, he like waves to the crowd like, oh, I'm all right. Like, thanks. And then they just boom out of the building. Um, <laughs> Merciless. I thought this was a good match. Uh it was. It's not going to be a match of the year contender or anything by any stretch of the imagination. But it was a solid, uh, sound wrestling match. I'm going to give it three stars. Um, I'm going to give it three and three quarters stars. I thought it was very good. One thing I have to say is, if you are a wrestling fan and you don't like Kurt Angle, you're not a wrestling fan. I mean, the guy. Sheesh. The the guy was fantastic. Oh yeah, he really was. He was. He's. If if it weren't for injuries, he probably. Be the best wrestler of all time. That I mean, the guy was incredible. Mm-hmm. He could do mm-hmm. anything. I, I agree, hundred percent. I think. Uh, I think the only thing that he lacked was a big aerial game. I mean, he got up there, but I mean, he didn't have any go-to amazing. Dude was doing moonsaults yeah. off cages. Let's <laughs> say in TNA, he sp- all right, specifically he, not even idiot. just in TNA. He did some in WWE too, True. and he did yeah. that. I remember um, with those uh, TNA match he had against Joe when he did a running senton off the apron. Uh, I don't remember all right, what, what all right. Well, was that. forget I said that. Oh, or there was I'll a match die. against Mr. <laughs> <laughs> there was the match against Mr. Anderson at a TNA show when it was towards Mister! it was towards the end of Kurt's run, and uh, Kurt did a moonsault off the cage when, and I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Kurt's the best. Yeah, um, anyways, I, I give it three stars. What about you guys? I gave it uh, three, 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 three quarters. quarters. Yeah. So I gave it three and a half. Um, I thought. I mean. I thought it started out slow and methodical, and it really showed off what Kurt's biggest strength is, is the mat wrestling. And so they told a story. There was plenty of drama. There was quite a few near falls. Um, and I believe, what, didn't Orton kick out of an angle slam? He did. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of good drama here. I will say, uh, when Angle was a heel, and I saw him drop down, uh, like you said, when he lays out on that ankle lock, um, when he, if like he was wrestling Undertaker or something, or or my favorite, or you know, who, a face that I was supporting, if he dropped down, I was pissed because because I knew, I knew, it was like, damn it. Well, Kurt's got this one. It's getting serious then. <sighs> yeah, Shit. yeah, a fun match though for sure. Um, and just again, the crowd, the crowd consistently helped these matches oh, all so much night long. I mean, man, they are perpetual energy. Yeah. 
Uh, so up next, um, we get the FBI versus versus who here? Super, Super crazy, crazy and Tajiri. Yeah, look at that. Got Thanks. you. Yeah. Um, the FBI again are super super over. Um, it's a uh, little Guido and Tony Mamaluke with, with big, big Guido. Guido in their corner. <laughs> oh, or as Nunzio, as uh, strict WWE fans might know him better as, which is as he became as he became known once he transitioned to full time WWE. Um, and of course, Big Guido comes out. Um, and then, but I mean, uh, Super Crazy and Tajiri are also very over. This is kind of a face versus face dynamic in this match. Um, both teams were cheered on their way out. Um, again, this Mitch match, this Mitch match, this match kind of followed a similar arc to the last one, kind of similar, but like way different at the same time where it did start with a lot of like map based wrestling and submission work. Um, it looks like we had uh, super crazy and mama Luke started this match and they were in the match for quite a while to begin yeah. um, doing a lot of nice mat based wrestling, but it picked up the pace uh, very quickly. There was one really cool spot toward the beginning of the match when, um, uh, Mama Luke had super crazy and some, I was, what is it, like a triangle or a, or a headlock and then super crazy deadlifted Mama Luke up and like power bombed him on the ground and he held him up there for a long, oh, dude. Yeah. long time. It was a cool, it was a cool display of power. Um, and then, uh, there was a standing moonsault by super crazy for a near fall on Mama Luke. Um, eventually, uh, we get Lil Guido and Tajiri come in and they, Tajiri was just like a wind up toy when he got into this match because he, he took, I think he had a majority of the memorable, memorable spots in this match, at least in my opinion. Um, he was on fire. He was all over the place in this match. Um, I don't know what do you guys think. And I squealing, was squealing the whole time. Oh man, he was squealing. He Irish ripped someone into the turnbuckle cr- <laughs> and squealed as he elbowed him. <laughs> Um, he was just doing all the classic Tajiri moves, a lot of a just lot of kicking kicks. the hell out of people, and that smack off of a Tajiri kick, not many, not many wrestlers can replicate it. And he made every kick sound like it was a death blow. And I will say, uh, both Super Crazy and Tajiri, you didn't see. I mean, you did see a lot of of uh, agility from Super Crazy, but you didn't see as much. Um, like high flying off the top rope stuff as he's capable of. Those are two of the most underrated mid carters because they they just they put it on. They go 100% every night and they're super entertaining. I mean, Tajiri, he's got so many cool spots. Uh, the buzzsaw kick's obviously awesome. The poison mist. The tarantula. Uh, the tarantula, man. I've never seen anything like that. We got a double tarantula in this match. We did, yeah. 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 With Super Crazy and Tajiri put both of the members of the FBI in the double tarantula. And we also got a double Tree of Woe basement dropkick, which was super cool. Oh, it was sweet. Um, this match had some really cool spots. This match oh, yeah. did have some really well, cool spots. I think Little Guido, Super Crazy, and Tajiri were all a little underrated in their time yeah. in WWE. They were all very good wrestlers. Well, even Mama Luke was looking pretty underrated Yeah, Mama here. Luke, but I don't think he really had a long run no, in WWE no, at all. No, no. Nunzio, I was surprised to see he's a two-time Cruiserweight champion. Dude, he stuck around for a while, it felt like. He did. Like I the Friday Night Smackdown era. Even even before that, when it was on Thursdays, and he had the FBI with uh, Palumbo and Stamboli. I I loved the hell out of that. Palumbo was in there. Yeah, Chuck Palumbo, full blood Italians. <laughs> so, uh, what, two things uh, that were hilarious. That was after match. he was gay, by the way. Oh, with Billy? Yeah, that's after Billy him. and Chuck. And Rico? After him and Billy broke up, he decided to become a strong man and join the FBI. I wonder From gay if, to Italian. What a I career w- journey, man. Yeah, I wonder Chuck if Palumbo was. Do you think Palumbo and Stamboli were together, too? Oh. Was It was never implied, was it? I don't think so, but, I mean, he was with Billy. He just, he just abandoned all gay tendencies. Yeah. Good for him, man. 
Either way. I will say for like a mid, and this is again, we're getting off track again, but for like a mid 2000s storyline, like they could have done a lot worse with like the whole gay lovers, uh, Billy and Billy Chuck. Billy and Chuck, oh, yeah, done very well. Like yeah. It was a pretty progressive for yeah, WWE somewhat tasteful. Yeah, we're way off base. But um, I will say, so super crazy when he was starting to get a good push here, the crowd got a Nacho Libre chant going, which was absolutely hilarious. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and then another funny part is so Joey Styles and Taz are on commentary here. Taz, like the whole match, is trying to fake an Italian accent. And he's already got kind of a Brooklyn accent. But he's just like, look at Big Guido. He's huge, huh? <laughs> Taz, that was awesome. Taz, Taz is great on commentary. Yeah, he's underrated. Yeah, for sure. That was something else that I noticed kind of throughout the show was that, like, how nice was it to not have an obvious face and an obvious heel dynamic? Like, you see that so much with commentary. And obviously, Taz is kind of always playing a little bit of the of the heel character. Tweener. That's just who he is. Yeah. But, like... <clears throat> In today's WWE commentary booths, you never get like just a pure like it's always an angle or somebody's always got to be playing the heel or the face. Like in this scenario, it was just nice to have like a somewhat neutral uh, commentary booth. Even when WWE guys were winning, they were kind of just calling the action. And it, I don't know, I thought it was nice. It was just kind of a little detail I noticed throughout the show. Also, um, one detail you're gonna notice throughout the show is the mics in the ring are hot. Oh, like, whoever whoever uh, wired up it, the yeah. ring. Wow, because you could hear the rope squeak in this match at certain points. Yeah, whenever they should. Um, there was a spot in this match when Big uh, Big Guido pulled out. I believe it was Tajiri out of the ring, and like you could just hear every like every ounce of his body crackling as he hit the floor. It was yeah, insane. It was a gunshot. And so towards the end of this match, um, Tajiri kind of just takes out everybody. And then stares the ref down like he wants some too. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, he so he hit a second, lo- second leg drop kick. Onto little Guido, and then he hit a, a spinning drop kick to uh, Super Crazy, and he's kind of the lone man standing at that point. Um, you mean Mama Luke? Yeah, Mama yeah, Luke. I'm sorry. Go. No, you're good. He didn't hit his own partner, <laughs> even though he could have at that point. He was kicking everyone. Well, someone came in at the end of the match and did take out everyone. But we'll right. get to that. Okay. <laughs> um. So the end of this match, um, who was it? Tajiri got taken out. Yep. And it allowed the full blooded, full blooded Italians to hit the double brain buster onto Super Crazy. Strike that and reverse it. Uh, Super crazy got out, and then Tajiri. Oh, okay, got. okay. Yeah, the double fisherman's buster. So they're yeah, hooking. They're, they're both buster, hooking the right, legs and the then leg. just driving them in. It was pretty sweet. It was a cool looking tag move, and that got the win. Uh, Post match, here comes well, <laughs> <laughs> You did that way better than I did. Here comes the big show, and he just big host everybody out of the ring Back even big guido even big guido yeah um, it, was like, it was like king kong versus godzilla for a second and the people were eating it up people liked the big show oh yeah um, well this is back when he was still like i mean they flip-flopped him so much but this is a point in time where he was actually respectable and he was the monster right yeah uh and i and not honestly the i thought he looked better here than he did at wrestlemania 19 Oh, Which this oh, took yeah. place three years after WrestleMania. But he didn't have that 19. gross facial hair. He wasn't looking drunk uncle in this at all. He was looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty fun match again. Three stars. Um, it was, again, it wasn't it wasn't the best tag team match you'll ever see, but that kind of the theme of the show. It was a good, solid match. I gave it two and a half. I thought it started off really slow, and I thought it got progressively better with some very fun spots. So I'm going to give it two and a half. I liked it. I actually gave it three just because... I I just freak I just love Super Crazy and Tajiri, man. I Super Crazy, the stuff that he would pull off, especially in the first one night stand, which I hope we do at some point. We I'm will. sure um, we will eventually. Yeah. Was just he he lives up to his name. And Tajiri is always fun. Every single signature spot he has is awesome. The FBI, I never was too into 
Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. That was very nice of you. The FBI I was never too into, and I think that that might have there might have been sort of a clash there because I mean, yes, Guido can can fly around a little bit, but it wasn't like a, a classic luchador style match by any means, and I think that's what kind of drug it down a little bit is is somewhat as super crazy would try to go fast and then it would just get all bottled or, or excuse me all confuzzled up i made that up sorry so three stars that's what i'm getting at nice right on. Uh, after that we get jbl appearing from the balcony and he just buried ecw hard there is no reason for jbl to be here but, but he it also was did, awesome. He did it the was, same it damn was hilarious. thing. He did the same damn thing the year before, though. Well, but the year before, it had WWE all attacking ECW. Yeah, and they this were was all just, up in the balcony. This is just JBL in the balcony by himself. Like He's just walking along, counting his money, sees that there's an ECW pay-per-view, yeah. and decides to go in and talk shit. Well, and he's like the, you know, he's the Market Street... Or not Market Street, damn it. Uh, the uh, Wall Street. Yeah, Wall Street guru. So he's saying, you know, this is my city despite being from Texas. <laughs> and so he's got to, of course, hit up the Hammerstein and just just absolutely talk oh, yeah. shit. I have a line that I wrote down, actually, that I thought was hysterical. Go ahead, He Pop. called the fans Star Trek little geeks. Because they're the aspect, and which he tied into the show being on sci-fi, right? Because which the whole time genius. you kind of have to remind everybody that this show's on sci-fi, and what a good way to like tie that together. Oh, I was dying. I thought it was the funniest. Oh, it was thing great. In the world. He 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 said he was the king of hardcore, which just got me going. Um, I love JBL. Buried ECW called it backyard level wrestling. Uh, also, um, one of the common chants from the ECW crowd is, uh, "You suck dick," and uh, <laughs> so he responded to that with. You're chanting about a male organ. Who's the real fruit booty? And I don't know where the hell fruit booty comes from, but it, it popped me. I was, I'm surprised I, the I New Day haven't up. ran with that phrase, fruit booty, yet. <laughs> and uh, also, also uh, just about ends it with a uh, kiss my ass. This show sucks. Just keeps it short and sweet. He, it, it, this was great. This it was funny. Yep. It was just like a little like it's just dash so of random. salt for the crowd. Yeah, it's just so random. That's why it's so I funny. Loved it. Oh yeah, no, it was awesome. And one thing we kind of talked about, you guys are uh, three or four years older than me, so you were you know in your teens at this point when you're watching this. This is 06. I was 11, and so I was still as far as the kayfabe went. The bad guys, I hated the bad guys as long as they were really good at being heels. JBL, I despised this man. Like, and he he hit it at the end. He hit his classic wrestling god. And whenever I heard that, as a, like that brought back some like PTSD, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate that line. But now I respect just how good of a heel he was. Oh, he was awesome. He was amazing. I remember as a kid, I thought he was great. I thought he was so funny. Yeah, I I I, I just think hated in, him. I think in hindsight. Um, I really appreciate him now, like looking back. Like, oh yeah, what a dastardly heel! And just he would he he always would bring out these wild cards when he needed to. So he's feuding with Eddie Guerrero. What's he gonna do? Oh, he's gonna go and act like Border Patrol. So <laughs> that was border. so bad. It was um, so funny. It was like, it was good. Man, he was. I, I hated him at the time, but looking back, it's like he was the heel that WWE needed at that time. Oh, and they, totally they, they were hurting. Push. They were hurting a little bit. Yeah, he stepped up. That's when Brock left, and yep. you yep. know they didn't have a lot of guys on SmackDown anymore. When him and Taker feuded for a while, that's probably why I hated him so much, because I'm that, a huge Taker. Oh, well, yeah, he had a good feud with Eddie. He had a good feud with Taker. Mm -hmm. I think he had a good feud with Batista, too. I still remember that uh, Texas Bull Rope match that he and, and um, Eddie had for the world title, yeah. for the WWE title. Brutal. Man, that's, we'll have to cover that one. That match is brutal. Just whenever you heard the ding, 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 oh, yeah. like, 
I was just like, God, here we freaking go again. Yep. So we oh. got JBL on the show, so that's always good. Um, Real quick, I would like to oh, say, yeah, yeah. I said freaking like 20 times last episode. Please hold me accountable here. I'm really trying not to use that. I got him at two right now. He's got a, he's got the freaking counter. It. I should put I'll put a freaking counter on the video feed. Each <laughs> time he says freaking, I'll add a number to it. Um, so up next, we get a world championship match, kind of tucked in the middle world of the card. Heavyweight, a world championship. heavyweight championship match uh, between Sabu and the cha- reigning champion at the time, ECW veteran himself, Boyaka, by the way, Boyaka. Rey Mysterio. Um, this match was I, a match. I knew this was going to be a good match, but dang, this was a good match. I got to stop you real quick. I miss Rey Mysterio's Who's that jumping out the sky? R-E-Y Mysterio. Here, Here we, we go. go. That was that theme was so much better than Bay Cup. Also, also, I agree. But also, this is Rey Mysterio is the only man to appear on all three of the shows we've reviewed so far. That's true. Uh, so he Holy comes crap. out and he even though he, he's wearing his ECW gear, he is heavily booed. Uh, Sabu is over. Sabu is people are crazy for Sabu. Oh, yeah. Just looking at Sabu, even back then, like the scars on his body, he's got like this burn mark on, by his eye that is just gruesome. Yeah. He is wearing his battle wounds. I mean, wounds. dude, this is the suicidal, homicidal, <laughs> genocidal, death-defying Sabu, and he is ECW royalty. They worship this man. Yeah, they, they love him. Um, so the match starts. This is an Extreme Rules match, by the way. This is the first Extreme Rules match of the night. And also, the World Heavyweight title has never looked better or more big than on Rey Mysterio's waist. It it's took like up like going, half it's, of his yeah, torso. It's going from like his belt line like almost to his nipples. It feels like the, <laughs> this belt's like taking up his entire body. That's a great belt. I got to bring that belt back. Beautiful. And when they get in the ring, both of them are holding chairs. Yeah, looking this was awesome. Looking at each other. It was awesome. And they then, were, uh, yeah, so they both have the chairs. The bell rings. They both put the chairs down. Again, kind of a technical exchange to start the match. Um, really sound. And then they do both get the chairs. And they do what I like to call dueling chair shots, where each man swings the chair into the other chair. Uh, they did that four or five times before the, um, they eventually just both put the chairs down, I believe. And then um, Ray, what did he do? Oh, um, Sabu goes for the air Sabu early on in the match. Like He's getting the greatest hits out of the way. Early, there's so much innovative chair offense. Yeah, the leap off the chair into the corner. Yeah, the leap yep. off the chair into the corner. He does that, um, and then um, Ray does something similar, and then tries for a six one nine misses, and then a table gets brought out later, a little bit later on in the match. Uh, Sabu sets it one side on the barricade, one side on the apron, which nowadays is something you see in like TLC matches all the time in WWE. But at this point, like that was still considered super innovative. Also, the distance, I mean, you'll explain why, but the distance from the barricade to the apron, uh, you probably could have scooted that barricade in a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that table was just barely fitting as that would come into the match later. Um, an, another table gets set up on the entrance ramp, um, but don't worry, both tables will be used prominently in this match. Um, the first one gets used when Ray bounces off a chair, does a springboard off the rope, and does a springboard takedown through Sabu, through the chair. Uh, looks like there was maybe some nut trauma <laughs> to Ray on that part because it took him a second to get up. Um, they battle back in the ring. Uh, a lot of more innovative chair offense. Sabu, his, uh, and I know Luke mentioned this during the show, but his top rope balance is insane. He teased a springboard move to the outside, which I believe he missed, but the way he can just hop onto that top rope and just almost hover, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's way better than Mike Awesome from New Blood Rising, who was trying to fall every t- every second. Sabu can just stand there. That's, and this yeah. is another thing about the show. We paused the show, I think, after this match, and it was like an hour in. And I was like, man, this show is going by so much faster this than show New Blood was Rising. Awesome. This show was like tight, compact. It was about the same length, about two hours and 40 minutes, which was about 
what New Blood Rising was. But this this show went by like this, like in a flash compared to New Blood Rising. And that kind of became clear during this match. Um, eventually, they're battling. Um, neither men hit their finishers. I know Ray didn't hit the 619 at all. He no, Ray, that one time. Ray, Ray went for one and missed it. He went for yeah, one and right. missed it. Um, and there was an EMT spot in there, um, which was the mid-rope leg drop, which got a near fall on Ray. Um, and then he did the classic leg drop with the chair under his butt onto Ray. They called it something else, but I always just called it the leg drop with the chair underneath for another near fall. And then we get the big crazy spot of the match. Sabu jumps on a chair, jumps onto the, onto the top, top springboards rope. over, DDTs Ray through the table, which just breaks at the oddest angle you can imagine a table well, breaking Well, it just at. snaps at like the end that's closest to the apron. Right on the ring apron. Yeah, just barely snaps. And so it looks it looks bad. It, it looks, looks like bad. Ray And it looks like they land on their necks. Yeah. yeah. So both men are down. Um, and then the trainers and EMTs come out. And I was wondering like, is this a work? Is this a shoot? But then once like the over cartoon trainer like did a cartoon character thing. That's and was it. like, it's that's over. it. Uh, I knew it was, a, it, was a, it was a work. But that's how it ended. Uh, no contest. Uh, this match was like almost too fast to call at, at some points, but this was just a classic Sabu match and Ray really, I thought complimented him. Well, they had great chemistry. Um, this was going to be a four star match for me. Um, but I think the ending and I understand why they had it in this way. You don't want to have Sabu lose clean in the Hammerstein ballroom, but you also don't want to have your champion lose, even if it's by shady means. So I understand why they did no contest, Personally, I just would have liked to have seen a more definitive finish. So it's brought it down from a four to a three point five. But this was great so far. Match of the night to this point in the show, I thought. So, I want to point out there were a couple spots that I loved where Sabu would throw the chair at Rey Mysterio's head, and at one point I'm just like, oh my god, CTE right there. Yeah, like really. Sabu's just throwing him like a baseball. Well, and that's one thing you'll see this later on. That's one thing he learned from Terry Funk. Terry Funk does not swing weapons, man. He throws those damn things. And Sabu's doing that. He just he just hucking them at oh, Ray. Oh, you you won't you do not see that anymore, and there's good reason, man. I, I'm gonna give it a three and a half star match. I think if you're a fan of ECW, Sabu, Rey Mysterio, good matches in general, go back and check this one out. It's not very long. It's like nine minutes and some change in length. It's just worth the watch. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I yeah. thought it was suicidal, genocidal, homicidal, homicidal death-defying. Death yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. So I also gave it three and a half. But I actually, I mean, I know you were a little disappointed. But you're right. I mean, they, they booked this very well. Three and a half stars. They had to have a no contest so that Hammerstein didn't riot that Ray Ray won. And unfortunately, you can't have Sabu win the WWE title. No, because he's, no, you can't. He's kind of a wild card. Is You don't no. know what to expect. He doesn't work that style. He's... You but know, Sabu. So this is the fourth match in, right? This is the first time we saw some real hardcore. And this crowd loved it all the way up to this point. I'm surprised they waited so long without hardcore uh, elements. But this is what they waited for. The chairs, the tables, and what else could you hope for in a Sabu match? And also, I kind of want to say, this is... I think this is why there's a few wrestlers that we talked about that just don't fit the WWE mold. Sabu needs a chair. Yeah, like that, that is that is his thing. That is that is his gimmick. And if he can't get those signature moves off, he looks he looks kind of stale. He looks a little rough. So you take away the chair, which WWE is not going to allow you to use that all the time, and, and then you don't fit in. You don't mesh well with the product. So yeah, I get why true. he didn't fit in with WWE. But I love Sabu. 
Vince, if you're listening, put him in the Hall of Fame. Friend of the podcast, Vince McMahon. Yeah, friend of the podcast, but put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, and then after that, we got a video package that kind of recapped the uh, ongoing feud between Mick Foley and essentially all of ECW. Um, the story going in was that Mick had turned on ECW and was a corporate shill for the WWE along with Edge. I got to stop you. I got to time out. Okay. This Aralita is my favorite. She looks great. She's probably my favorite. This Aralita is probably my favorite women's wrestler of all time. She looks great. She was a great wrestler in her own right. What, what she's wearing tonight is bosom shots. We got the bosom shots. Um, yeah. The video package, by the yeah. way, leading into this match was great. Um, basically just recaps everything. Why, how Foley kind of turned his back on the ECW kind of once the... I don't want to call it the invasion because that kind of brings certain f- feelings, but it was kind of an ECW invasion, well, I guess. Before the match starts, Foley and Edge are cutting promos and stuff, and Foley s- screams, "Long live the invade or the alliance!" Yeah, long live the alliance. Because uh, it was booked well when Stephanie McMahon was the owner. Yeah, he talked about how how well ECW was booked when they had a creative, like driven person, and that's why I love Stephanie McMahon, which got a lot of heat from the crowd. Yeah, give it up for. Her. And then Edge came out and then kind of, you know, was with him. Hey, hey, you know, don't don't try to talk to these people. And Edge's quote here is uh, <laughs> is uh, referring to the ECW fans. This is like their Christmas, except their Santa is Jewish, fat, bald, and spews a bunch of bullshit. I loved that because that's like that's like putting down the Messiah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to no, those that is guys. that is their savior. Which, I mean, Paul Heyman, a a, a wonderfully creative mind. Maybe shouldn't have been in charge of the finances, and he did make a lot of promises that he shouldn't have. So there was a lot of realism here in, in this in this little uh, promo. And uh, then Lita referred to Tommy Dreamer as the innovator of silence instead of the innovator of violence. And that's that's just a dick move, man. That was mean. Yeah. That was pretty mean. Um, and so the here come like the faces Tommy. after that. Here come uh, Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk, accompanied to the ring by Beulah. Um, and they come down, and Beulah cut a promo on Lita and decided, you know what? Let's make this a three-on-three. Well, three I, I need to give you some more quotes, though. Okay. Oh, yeah, quote, quote away. So, Beulah McGillicuddy, I love her, by the way, uh, <laughs> saying to Lita, I never thought I'd see the day where the trash coming out of your mouth is more disgusting than what's going in it. That got a nice ooh from the crowd. Well-deserved, And then, deserved, and then since that you like awesome. threesomes so much, why don't we make this a three-on-three match? And so I, I kind of like how they worked Beulah in, and she got a little promo herself because ECW fans, you know, Beulah's not a wrestler. She did wrestle a little bit, and she got slammed a lot when she was in WCW. The fans love Beulah. Yeah, the fans just... She enjoy, was the princess. The fans are just super into Beulah, and then obviously two ECW legends with with Dreamer and Funk, and Foley, Wait, to be fair. When was Beulah... Was Beulah really in WCW? Or Did I say that? Yeah. I was, ECW. I was, no, oh. no, that's just a Freudian slip, I suppose. I was real confused. I was like, when was she there? <laughs> I don't remember that. No, um, no, just me yeah, rattling I mean, off. This this match, like to have to have three ECW legends and then Edge. And then I sure I'll count I'll count Beulah. <laughs> and I, then no, Edge. I don't want to like be little Edge, but like Edge who became a huge star in his own right. And sure, let's add Beulah to the ECW legend list. And I mean yeah. the, the amount of talent in the ring for this match oh, it's was insane. Um so Dreamer and Edge started off. They don't do much together. They kind of just grapple for a little bit. And then uh, Edge tags Foley in first. Foley points to Funk and wants him tagged in. So Funk comes in. And almost immediately, they go to the outside and start brawling. And then Dreamer and Edge go out to the outside and start brawling. And the rest of the match is just pure chaos. 
uh, so they're outside. One of my favorite spots in the whole match happened within like the first five minutes, which was uh, Terry Funk had an ECW chair and he just like <laughs> threw it up in the air behind his back, right onto Foley, like the back of his head. It was awesome. I'm telling you, he's the he's the OG of throwing chairs, and he's got pinpoint precision. I've seen him throw chairs from the center of the ring to a guy out at the barricade and just clock him straight in the head. Well, after he threw that chair, he uh, grabbed a garbage can and... He destroyed hugged. Edge with that he, garbage Yeah, can. He, he threw it at Edge and just destroyed it over Edge's yeah, head. Yeah, so he hit yeah. Edge with it and then he threw it outside and hit Foley with it. It was like a two birds with one stone moment. Um, this match was just pure chaos. It didn't take long for Edge and uh, Foley to go to the ring apron. They pull out one empty ply- plyboard sheet and Everybody in the Hammerstein Ballroom knows what's coming next. They pull out um, a barbed wire sheet, a barbed wire covered plywood sheet, put it in the ring, and they just. The word, I guess, to describe it would be flop it. They just flopped it onto Tommy Dreamer. And the barbed wire got stuck in Dreamer's ear, and it (sighs) was disgusting. Oh man! Mm, and he barbed was wire sh- spots are just gross. Well, man. then, then they're they, awesome. But they gross. were holding it up, about to drop it on uh, Dreamer, and Funk trips them, and the barbed wire falls on top of Edge and Foley. But Foley I, ate but, the brunt of yeah, it. Yeah, because Edge like rolled out before it could totally get him, and it just smashed Foley. Well, and then they picked Foley up. And they just slammed him back first into that barbed wire. Yep. That was just... Because you know Foley had to take the worst of it. Because, I mean, that's that's his thing. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, rocking the Cactus Jack shirt today. Bang, bang. And then Edge and Dreamer, Edge and Tom are, are uh, brawling outside of the ring with a baking sheet. Um, which is like, you don't see this very often anymore. So it was kind of fun to see a baking sheet. I think there was like a parking, a no parking sign at one Dude, point. Dude, but those are like the ECW signatures. They always had a damn baking sheet. And then that's when... Uh, the razor wire comes into play. Yeah. Yeah, he gets the razor wire out. Funk, by the way, is busted open because he also gets the the plywood at one point dropped on him. Um, Foley wraps the, the wire around his hand and just starts rubbing it into the open wound on Funk's face. Oh, there's yep. blood everywhere. Funk at this is just point. bleeding like a stuffed pig. He's got he's wearing the crimson mask. And he rolls nice, into the Gordon. he rolls thank you. He rolls into the corner and he's saying, My eye, my eye, my eye. So they the take trainers, him away. The trainers come out and take him away. Uh oh. The dynamic of the match is different. Now we've got Edge and Foley and Lita kind of free to kill Dreamer and Beulah. And it's worth noting that up to this point in the match, Beulah and Lita's involvement was very minimal at this point. You could almost forget they were in the match because they really weren't doing They just much. stood on the apron for like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. That, that was that was kind of brutal. And and even when you, you saw Funk go out and Lita even had a moment of breaking character where she didn't think the camera was on her and looked le- legitimately concerned she for She looked Terry. concerned and then when she realized the camera was on her, she just looked disgusted that yeah. she was yeah. there. Um, she, it was we, awesome. Yeah, she, she played that up throughout the whole match that when she came out to the ring, she didn't want the fans touching her or anything. She just oh, yeah. looked... She just looked like she did not want to be there. Like Jerry the King Lawler did earlier, she did. Which is good. super ironic because Lita's character at this time, she was nasty. She was a nasty little girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 11-year-old... <laughs> please don't wink at me. The 11-year-old the eleven year old in me hated, once again, Edge, fantastic heel as the Rated R Superstar. Hated them licking, like, like just doing the tongue wagon, like, <laughs> licking each other. Like, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was... I hated him. Disgusted me. Lita did. I mean, Lita really didn't do much in this match. I think Beulah nope. had more involvement. Well, she didn't even have like a well high fly. Funk, Funk leaves. Yep. Yes, Funk and leaves. then uh, the three heels take the bat that's wrapped in barbed wire that comes into play, 
and they nut Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, and they then that's dick when trauma. They Be- dick him with that. And then Beulah that. is very angry. Beulah that's comes in to maker. save her husband and gets Mr. Sacco. And uh, the crowd's chanting, we want Sandman. And then... Which Dream- would have been a fantastic time to bring Sandman in. I, I, I agree. And then uh, Dreamer gets pissed off because they're attacking his wife. And then he gets a Sacco, then a spear. And then guess who comes back? Terry Funk with with a full facial bandage like covering one eye. He, he looked like he looked like he uh, like a like a injured uh, war vet. War vet, yeah. It looks like he's coming out of retirement again more times than Brett Favre. <laughs> and I I love Terry Funk by the way. He's, oh, me too. He's so legendary, and the way he he's done so many of these hardcore matches, he's taken so many bumps, he's been busted open so many times. But the way he sells it and he screams. And you can just hear the agony. Um, I also enjoy. Uh, he's just a very vocal wrestler. Yeah. Like when he's when he's getting punches in, he's literally like screaming and cussing at the guy. You son of a bitch! Your mother's whore! Just stuff like just going crazy. Oh, he's always John, and just the way he screams when he's like getting hit with things. So he comes or he back. He has out. like many seizures too. That's yeah, cool. he comes out. This time he's got the two by four wrapped in barbed wire. Before that, though, he comes in double dick trauma to uh, both Foley and Edge. Gives him the double low blow. The Cuts. Then he takes the um, the barbed wire cover two by four, kind of turns around. Everyone kind of is wondering what is he doing with that? Uh, what's he doing with that uh, two by four? Uh, sure enough, we all know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He lights it on mm-hmm. fire and he just starts whooping the hell out of Foley with this thing. Foley's shirt is like legitimately on fire. Yeah, he lights it on fire. And then he gets gets thrown to the outside th- right onto the uh, barbed wire, barbed wire pat- the barbed wire uh, plywood sheet. And then Funk gets knocked to the outside effectively taking both men out of the match and then Beulah poor Beulah well well, Dreamer hits a DDT on Edge that's true yep. the dr- and then Dreamer DDT and then he's choking Edge out with the, bar- the oh, barbed yeah. wire and Lita breaks it up and then that's when we get a cat fight yeah so Beulah and Lita are rolling around at that point finally um, got a Joey Styles signature in there and then she takes the spear yes so Dreamer gets taken out and then Beulah eats this massive spear from edge and i'm sure lita's done the same oh man and then he he, uh so he hits he hits beulah with this just this destructive spear i'm ignoring that comment and then he uh, i guess the only way i can describe this is he he puts lita or beulah sorry into a very suggestive pinfall uh there was some thrusting in this pinfall for the win this this was a damn good match Oh, this had ECW written all over. I'm sorry, I'm still chuckling. But this had ECW written all over it. And you know what? With with how, um, I mean, not trashy, but trashy, ECW style was, the rated R superstar would have fit in perfectly. I Definitely. think he complimented those three very well. Well, I'm going to give it four and a quarter stars. I think this was the match of the night. I think it was just ECW all over it. Mm-hmm. I thought... For like a 60, what, I think he was like 64 at the time of this match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like 64, 65. That was fantastic. Funk. What he put his body through for that age. Funk and Foley yeah. and Dreamer, they're all just going ham out there. Beulah, who hasn't wrestled in a and forever, looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this always was, looks great. I, I agree, Kyle. I think this was his match of the night. Um, I give it four stars. I thought... Just it was like a car crash again. It, it a good car crash. Yeah, it was like it was it was it was just chaos from start yeah. to finish, and it was just classic ECW with the WWE spin on it, of course. Yeah, which they did so well in this match. Go I ahead. think the only thing I I wish would have happened during this match is I wish the Sandman 
would have showed up here right. instead of later. I think I think the Sandman coming out and caning the hell out of everybody would have been so would have been cool. sweet. Even if it was everyone, literally everyone. Well, not Dreamer and it would have had to have been Edge. And it would have to be Edge and, and Lita. Well, it would have to be Edge, Edge and Foley, and then you tease the Lita shot. Yeah. I think the way that, and well, obviously we're gonna do it later, but I think do think it was the more I think about it, it was kind of a wasted Sandman appearance on this. Right, show. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, th- um, I think I think it would have been perfect here, and I think you could have given Funk and Dreamer the win here, and kept uh, the yeah. heat on Edge and Foley too. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, Edge and Foley do get the win, or Edge and yeah, Edge and Foley get the win. It's so um, weird to say, say that they're a team. I know, I know. I yeah, like, no, it's what? super yeah, weird. Right? Hold on though, hold on though. Four stars. And for all those bloodthirsty ECW fans, they got their hardcore fix. Barbed wire, tables, fire, blood, ECW through. Oh, and, and cat fight. I, the only thing I wish, besides obviously that Sandman cameo, Lita didn't get like a signature Lita move in. Yeah, I no wish, swanton bomb. I wish she would, yeah, or a leg drop. I wish she would have got at least just her one spot in, but please, please don't. I, I can see where you're going. I see it in your eyes. You already made the spear joke. Let's move on. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Next, we've got balls. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we do have a, a small, very small backstage oh, with uh, Cena kind of like clutching his belt to heavy booze. And then RVD is kind of like warming up in the back somewhere like a parking garage, it looked like. Um, and then we do get Balls Mahoney versus Masato, Masato Tanaka. There you go. And... Um, this kind of did a little bit feel like a cool down match after that big like super oh, yeah. hardcore tag match which it wasn't a bad match I don't think but um the Balls Mahoney may have been besides like obviously like the tag team in general might have been the most over single performer besides Sandman on this show yeah yeah, the crowd was nuts. Uh, people for him. really love Balls Mahoney when he came out. Balls Mahoney. Um, and then of course they were pretty quiet for Tanaka, but um, but he's he's awesome. Yeah, he he's he, a great he, performer. he did just out of fine in this match. Uh, but this was definitely a match to uh, showcase Balls and give him like one more, like yeah, the run first, in an ECW ring. The first one night stand where it had uh, Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka. That's the wrestling match you want to go watch. But this one, yeah, they got they got an awesome. I mean, yeah, they got they got Balls Mahoney, who once again, even though he was a mid carter, he was ECW royalty, and those fans, he's like the cult favorite. They love him. Yeah, this was a pretty short match. Um, most of it happened outside, but they it started inside. Right off the bat, Balls hits a big forearm and then a big power slam for a near fall to Tanaka. They go outside. Uh, Balls took a drink from somebody uh, out of the stand, yeah, uh, like a Guinness. Took took a drink out of it and then just bashed it over the head of very, Tanaka. Very, very loud, very And then hard. he did yeah. it again. With a water bottle. So. Yeah. Or no, 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 with a light another, beer. Oh, he got, yeah, He did right. it with a Guinness and then a light beer. And then Tanaka did it with the water yep. bottle. Uh, which was fun. They did more fighting outside. Um, uh, Tanaka did get a superplex to Balls Mahoney for a near fall, which was uh, like a minute later. Uh, Balls got his own superplex for a near fall to Tanaka. Uh, they both get a chair. We get dueling tar- chair shots again. And then Tanaka drops his chair. And then Balls winds up and just almost takes Tanaka's head off with the chair shot. Oh, it was brutal. It was awesome. And then pins him for the one, two, three. It was, it was, that was easily the hardest chair shot of the night. It was one of the hardest ones I've seen, I think. Yeah. Just bent the chair back and he showed it off to everybody with his custom balls chair. And uh, yeah, no. And he also got, he also got his little uh, shake rattle and roll the balls, balls, uh, yep, yep, uh, yep. balls. And I mean, the crowd eats that up. Rest in peace, balls. Yep. Rip balls. Yeah. Um. Was this was this his last 
uh, kind of like appearance for the WWE CW? No, no, I no think he, he was, was in WWE it. CW yeah. quite That's a good. bit. That's I think good. he had a match with Matt Stryker at some point. He I don't definitely think it was wasn't involved. good, but okay. Well, I mean, as long as he got to, sh- I think this was definitely just like an opportunity for him to like be like, hey, this might be the last time we get to be here in Hammerstein. You got to get in there because the crowd loved him. Uh, pretty all right match. I'm gonna give it two and a half stars. It was a good. It was a good come down match after that that kind of intense uh, Extreme Rules match before it. I also gave it two and a half stars. Could have gone a little bit longer, I think, to bump the grade up. I think it was, again, a cool-down match and to get you ready for the main event. Yep, two and a half stars, and I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, Balls had already exhausted all of his, his moveset, let's be honest. But Masato Tanaka, I think he was the dummy here. He had to be he had to be the, the guinea pig to throw away for Balls Mahoney, and that's kind, of, that's kind of sad because he is a very good wrestler, and if you pair him with anyone technically sound at all, they would have put on a classic or at least could put on a classic. So, I mean, yes, he was the sacrificial lamb in this pay-per-view, but, well, there's yep. there's a couple others. But, yeah, he was one yeah. of them. Two and a half stars. So, after that, um, we get a short video package hyping up the main event between Rob Van Dam and John Cena. We go through kind of the history of the feud, how RVD won the Money in the Bank contract and made his decision that he wanted to cash it in against Cena on this pay-per-view in the Hammerstein Ballroom in front of all of the original ECW fans. Pretty solid video package. Hatchet Man sign sighting. Whoop whoop! Where's the fam at? Three for three. So let's see how many shows in a row Down we can get the, the Hatchet Man sign. Um, and then after that, we get not the main event, but as the the ring announcer is getting ready to announce the competitors to the ring, here comes everyone's favorite disabled character in wrestling history, Eugene. Question. Oh my mark? god! I actually was a Eugene Mark. Eugene was super over in his time. Um, so Dude, he comes he up to the awesome. ring, and I think the three of us. I mean, obviously, Kyle knew for sure where this was going. I had somewhat recently seen the show. Luke maybe had never seen it all the way through. Um, I I think maybe I had, but it was a long time ago. I forgot this happened at all. But I think yeah. all three of us knew what was happening once we saw Eugene. Come and to again, the ring. I'm sidebarring here, but I thought the Eugene character was pretty good. I thought that it wasn't terribly done. Like you know, with the uncle who didn't really want him there, that was yep. trying to uncle get him, Eric. That was trying to get him screwed over by William Regal and Triple H and all that stuff. And I thought. He'd always overcome the odds, and Nick Dinsmore is a great wrestler, too. Mm-hmm. So the matches he had were pretty good, and I think he played the character great. I think the character was, for the most part, tastefully done. I will say that Nick Dinsmore, he did his homework, and yes, Eugene, a mentally disabled character, uh, poor taste, I mean, uh, on paper, but they could have made this so much worse. And Nick Dinsmore, you can tell he... He had done his research. He had looked up some mannerisms, and he really, he really owns it here. And they somehow are able to make it tasteful because he is the fan favorite, and he does overcome the odds. And people just love; they, they yeah. ate that up, except for tonight. However, yeah, yeah tonight yeah. Um, this wasn't handled so well, and he did not overcome the odds. So he comes out and and is is hated off the bat because again, WWE guy. But the, all the poor guy does is come out and put over ECW, talks about how much he loves ECW. Writes a poem. It's a poem. Wrote yeah. this beautiful poem and was reciting it for all these people. They hate him. And can, then... Can I give you a line? Yeah, please do. I love the ECW fans. They make me want to howl. When I take a bath, I want to use Taz's towel. <laughs> Which is great. And so then he says, I only have 10 more stanzas left. The crowd groans. And then here comes Sandman. They get a good close-up on him, just dragging his cigarette. He's got his kendo stick. He's got his beer. He throws the cigarette down. Best then, entrance ever. Oh, the ever. entrance Sandman's. is great. He comes down. Of course, he chugs his beer, and then he smashes the can over his head. I think he did that 
the three or four cans just on his he way. He does it however many he ring. needs yeah. to to oh, bust, yeah. get busted open. So he comes down to the ring, and we all know what's happening. He just destroys Eugene with the kendo stick. And then, and this is awful. He's beating yeah. the hell out of Eugene, and he's getting the crowd trying to get the crowd the chance sped, and it was awful. Yeah, no, like, that was that was the most easily the most cringeworthy part, and I couldn't really. You could tell he called an audible on that. That was not. There's no way that was scripted. Only like five or eight people in the crowd were joining him in. The rest were like, um, like that's. It was a lit, it was a long comfortable. I know it's ECW, but that's too far. Mm-hmm. I, I was very uncomfortable on it, that. It was, yeah. There was not. I I I thought the whole segment was funny except for that part. Yeah, that. Kind well, of that put part. A damper on. Well, that part I like cringe laugh like ho. Oh. Yeah, no, no, it was it was a it was a collar puller. It was a yeah, yikes. It was, like, it was a yikes. I was sitting there saying, Sandman, stop. But then once he cut the double canes and chased Eugene out of the arena, just caning him with both hands, it was it, yeah, the it fans forgot pretty um, quick. Yeah. I will say this did feel, like I mentioned earlier, kind of like a waste of a Sandman appearance yeah. on the show. Yeah. There's other there It just were, felt like we gotta get Sandman on the show. Like it felt like they had the show all scripted and put together and then they're like, Oh, you know who we forgot to put on the show? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. And again, Sandman should have been involved in the the six-man, six-person intergender tag match. I think that was the perfect spot for him, but... Or give him a match like they did with Balls and Tanako. Make that a squash. Make it a tag team match or something. Seriously. Well, yeah, and... You're right. The Sandman was totally an afterthought here. He's not a great wrestler, even though he does have some cool go-to moves. The white Russian leg sweep with the white Russian leg sweep with the kendo stick is really cool. But when you think about it, Sandman is the ultimate save guy. Like you could have had him save any ECW original that was in a tough spot. And so yes, it definitely was a missed opportunity here. I think Sandman also kind of goes along with Sabu that he needs a weapon in his hands at all times. Yes, with yeah, the with no the, with the cane, shit. Yeah. even more so without the cane. Yeah. without the because I mean, stick, he's not nearly. Sam, he's not the Sandman. Sandman's not a f- great For wrestler. Sure. I mean, I love him. He's fun to watch. He's a cigarette. Yeah, I mean, drunk like you said, that entrance is just electrifying. Still to watch it now, it just gets you pumped up. Just a fun story. That T-shirt he was wearing, that it had the Sandman logo on the front, and then on the back it said "Warning: Keep out of reach of children," because Sandman promotes drinking, smoking, and ass kicking. I definitely bought that shirt and wore it the school in middle school. I think it was middle school, maybe freshman year. But they made me change my shirt in the middle school, and I don't understand why. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I can never fathom. imagine why. Can't I know. Fathom that, huh? Yeah. Um. So after that little segment, it is now time for the main event. Um. Rob Van Dam versus John Cena for the classic spinner WWE Championship. And RVD is over. RVD. The whole effing show, baby. The whole crowd is ready for this RVD title run. I think at this point, I don't know how much they actually believed that it would happen, but they were ready for it. And then Cena comes out, and he got one of the. I mean, this this was like Tommaso Ciampa in NXT levels of like negative reaction that he mm-hmm. got coming out and he was eating it up not only during his entrance but for the entire match you could just tell that he was loving like playing the heel for once the, at this stage of his career go ahead i love that he would try to throw his hat and shirt to the crowd yeah. and they throw it back that happened three or four times yeah it was funny and he easily had the biggest heat of the night well easily. The, dude he he this has he has the most heat of anyone in any arena ever in my opinion i know that there is sometimes like in japan uh, and, and when the NWO turn with Hogan happened, they were pissed there. But man, th- this is top. This is 
top of the line, the most heat you can get in an arena. And I forgot about this. And Cena really, really played that heel role well. He, he did. You could tell he life. was eating it up. You could tell he was just really enjoying himself the whole time. Um, so the match starts. Uh, Cena gets a shoulder tackle in, and then RVD goes for his classic goes for the enziguri misses with the other leg comes back and hits it um they go outside they brawl into the crowd which is just for cena to like be willing to go into the crowd of the show and granted he had a security detail i'm sure around him you could see one of the security guys for sure but for him to like be totally game to go into the crowd um and just like fight RVD out there for a while. I thought it was pretty cool. There was a moment when he took a fuck Cena sign from a fan <laughs> and then like pressed it against Rob Van Dam's face, like use it as a weapon. It was pretty cool. Um, again, he was eating it up the whole time. Sends RVD into the steps outside. Uh, the steps will come into this match again later, but they're brawling outside for, I feel like quite a while. Oh yeah. No, they, they drew it out and they got a lot of good fan interaction. Also uh, a chant that I found f- quite peculiar was a, Cena swallows and and I mean what are they are they saying does he swallow his gum like what are they I don't know what they're talking about there I think they're talking about what Lita and Edge do I'm sorry nothing oh okay gotcha um so there's one pretty cool spot when Cena was out on the apron and then R or Cena was out on the barricade sorry RVD got on the apron hits a leg drop to the outside they go inside RVD gets the chair he's got the he does the classic basement drop kick with the chair spot which the crowd eats up I mean the crowd was so behind RVD. For the duration of this match, every time he pulled out a signature move, it would be crazy. And then soon after that, he hits the Rolling Thunder with the chair for a near fall. They are ready to see this title change. They are amped up. Uh, Cena hits a deep six. I don't know what it's actually called, but it's a deep six. The thing he does all the time where he ends up having his arm He's, across their crotch yeah, and chest. Yeah, he like spins the guy around and yeah. gives him like a sidewalk to which thing. to which the crowd responds uh well they were saying you they were chanting you can't wrestle the whole time and then they said uh same old shit right there. Yeah, um, and at one point, RVD gets sent into the corner through this chair, into this chair that was in the corner, into the post, but he, like, launched himself into this chair. Like, oh, we watched it on replay. Yeah, and his head, like, goes through, like, the, the folded chair. part of the chair, yeah. Um, and then that's and then Cena gets the five-knuckle shuffle, which the crowd does not like. Um, he goes for the FU. It gets countered into a spin kick. RVD tries for a moonsault with a chair. Cena kind of gets, like, his knees up under the chair. Um and then he goes for another top rope moonsault, which then Cena kind of like counters into it. It was kind of like a power bomb, but like he had him just on the side and just slams him down. Nice um, spot. Yeah, RVD goes out to the bat, out out of the ring, gets a table, brings it in, sets it up in the corner, um, tries to put Cena through it. Cena counters, and then suddenly a disguised man in a motorcycle helmet comes in with long hair hanging out the helmet and it's worth noting this is after the referee gets uh taken out after john cena john cena lariats the ref to hell and then uh who was the ref that came in nick patrick nick patrick Patrick, luke's favorite ref nope there was an f nick patrick chant nick patrick friend of my podcast friend of the podcast nick patrick Mm, taz to him nick patrick to me I don't know why we have heat on a referee, but Luke Luke has serious he problems sucks. with Nick Patrick. You're not you're not slick. I can tell you what. Hey Nick, Luke will challenge you to a wrestling match in my backyard. What if he takes us up on it? Well, we got It'll Luke be on the versus YouTube. Nick Patrick. Yeah. It'll be on the YouTube channel. I'll, I'll ref. Yeah, that's I'll make sure. Not some, yeah, that's I'll, make some sure, extra I'll book content. it and I'll make sure that Patrick goes over. Okay. What? Um, so Nick Patrick comes out. Uh, there's a near fall and uh, F Nick Patrick chance at some point. Uh, See, they agree with me. At some point, Patrick takes a bump. Yeah, I missed the bump. I didn't see it happen, but that's when and um, 
I, the only See, reason I, I thought he so, got spilled over with like almost have. an fu. Yeah, because uh, that's that's, that's a good an attitude point. adjustment for Cena, you kids. Cena hits the f, kind of hits the, like a modified fu outside of the ring to RVD, which is when Patrick goes down, which is when Edge runs in. Um, he's the man under the motorcycle helmet. Spear Cena through the table. RVD hits the frog splash. The ref's still down. He can't get Patrick to like come back to life. And Paul Heyman runs out, gets the pinfall. One, two, three. Rob Van Dam is the WWE champion. Which is amazingly fitting, but can I say, the crowd chants thank you, Edge, over and over for spearing Cena, which I get. But I mean, you're saying thank you to the person that just killed your legends and then humped Beulah McGillicuddy while pinning her. That's how bad they did not want Cena to win this match. They threw Um, all of their morals out the window. (laughs) But this match was awesome. This was a classic. Um, I think the crowd bumped this match up even more. I will say, and I know you two don't necessarily totally agree with me, I do think the end of this match was a bit overbooked just with the multiple ref bumps and Heyman coming in, which I know it's 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 you know it's supposed to be the ECW guy crowning the ECW guy as the champion. And I get all that. It just felt a tiny bit overbooked. It didn't really take too much away from the match for me. It was still a really good match. And just seeing RVD go through the crowd, go up to his wife, and the, the, the fans are all over him. He's celebrating in the stands. He hugs his wife. He's got yeah. the belt. This is his lifetime moment. What a feel-good moment for any wrestling, not just ECW, but any wrestling And the fan. ECW wrestlers come out and celebrate too, including Big Show. And uh, Kurt, Kurt Angle. Angle, yeah. Uh, including Fonzie, who I know no one he else was, cares. He was begging for Fonzie for this entire Fonzie, show. Fonzie. You know, the, the whistling little referee who followed RVD everywhere. He was in the back and didn't come out with him. He didn't make an appearance. Like, it, Fonzie is a huge part of ECW, and he wasn't there at all, and then all of a sudden he's there celebrating so, with okay, RVD. So, I think, okay, I think I've got this figured salty. out. I think I know why he's so salty about Nick Patrick, because he wasn't Fonzie. I think you're I think right. I'm onto that. Nobody can be Fonzie. It. I think I'm onto that. I do have to say, the ending of this match was great. Loved it. So happy. And I'm disappointed how... The RVD title run ended with yeah. the yeah he ended up uh, shortly after famously uh, getting pulled over with Sabu smoking some J's smoking smoking weed and then he lost the t- the title on TV right yeah on Raw and I that think. was essentially the end of a major WWE for our Rob Van Dam ended way too soon um, he came back but he was never really pushed to the moon yeah, again yeah um, so he won the TNA title but for this one uh, kind of cherry picked moment this was just an uh, what a awesome yeah. way to end this show it was magical and just one of those moments th- that you feel proud to be a wrestling fan i loved it well and you said you did say it was overbooked um but him and i you, you also admit to not watching a ton of ecw back in the day please go watch some ecw back in the day because you want to talk about some chaotic endings and overbooked endings it, this almost felt like a harken back to that you know i mean referees hit the deck all the time it's it's ecw for goodness sake right so. it was definitely not as bad as anything from new blood rising last week i'll concede oh to that God. Um, this felt this this was such a breath of fresh i i me. thought i give it four stars it was a classic match this this i mean or i know earlier i said i think the tag team match was my match of the night uh with edge and foley but this was right up there too. This was a really solid match. Cena played the heel card so incredibly well. He was very good. So I gave the tag team match a four and a quarter rating. I'm gonna give this four point two four. Whoa. Because this match was very good also, but I don't think it was good as the tag team match. But only by a little tiny bit. Yeah, um and that was that's how we went off the air. That that was hold on, uh, hold on. when I stand. Man, just getting skipped on the ratings here. I gave it four. Would have given it four and a half, but no Fonzie. No, no Fonzie. 
Sorry, no. um, that was New yeah. Blood Rising. Uh, overall oh, no. thoughts on the show? Hold on, that, hold that on. was not that New was Blood definitely Rising. Not New Blood Rising. That was not New Blood Rising, Zach. That was ECW One Night Stand. We had to we had to jump down your throat. On yeah, that well, I was about to that kill was, you. Okay, that was kind of the opposite of New Blood Rising in a lot of ways. Hey, Completely. we're looking for a new podcast partner, so hopefully you know how to run a board. Ooh. Yeah, we're kind of screwed. So if you're <laughs> like a technical wizard, hey Taz, you know you know how to do this. Firing Zach. Yikes. Um, and actually, that could kind of lead into something I wanted to talk about where I was going to actually mention that this show was kind of the opposite of New Blood Rising in a lot of ways, where yeah. New Blood Rising was like consistently overbooked and, and overthought and silly and gimmicky. Mm-hmm. And this was just like a wrestling show. Right. And and it, w- it wasn't overthought and it was really straightforward and, and the right people won. And it felt, I don't know, it felt compact. Even though it was the same length, it just felt it f- it felt Watching more New Blood together. Rising was such a chore, and this it was this was oh my God. this was a really good show. This so felt so good. We uh we rate the shows you know at, like on an A to F scale, and I'm gonna give this an A minus. Mm. Um, because originally the first ECW run one night stand is like an A plus 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 yep. plus plus yep. plus show. Hell yeah! And this one was not quite that, but I liked it a lot. I loved it. Yeah, I give it a B plus. I thought it was a very good show as well. Yeah, B plus, and it had it all, man. Haters. I mean, it, it had it all. Calm down, man. No Fonzie. Had it all. So it had wrestling, storytelling, violence, everything at that Hammerstein Ballroom, which they are they are harsh, as you could tell if you watch this. Sure. Had everything they needed. And one thing, I mean, we mentioned it before. This, even though we have hindsight, this was a perfect setup to the new ECW revolution. It set the table for that WWE ECW uh, mashup to just take off, which they buried. It makes you so sad to think, but man, it could have been something. They and killed it here. If they could have kept Kurt Angle in there yes. instead of him going away, yes. and you know Christian came back towards the end, it was in it, and then you had CM Punk yep. come in and John Morrison. If you could have mixed those guys with the ECW originals, um, there are a couple other guys like Monty Brown came in as Marcus Corvon, and there was Kevin Thorne. Who had the cool vampire gimmick for a little bit? It could have done a lot more. And maybe more. less of Kelly Kelly? No. Instead, we got the big show Bobby Lashley and Vince McMahon. Well, he well, went and, and, lose and some. Viscera and Mark Henry had yeah, a big the list run. list goes on and, and on. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of towards the end just became like I the think developmental he, territory. I think Ezekiel Jackson was actually the last ever ECW champion. I think you're right, actually. He yep. beat Christian, unfortunately. Christian, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Oh, Christian. a massive friend of the podcast. Edge, you too. I know I hated you here, but I love you. Yeah, I thought this was a solid show, and um, I think you really, if you're a wrestling fan, you should really you should check, check this out. one out. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you should watch both the first and second ECW One Night Stand, because phenomenal work. Yeah, I, I love the first one a lot more. I've watched it a lot more, but this is so satisfying and this was this one had the storybook ending. Can I tell you guys something? What? I've never seen the uh 2005 one. I <gasps> well, we know what we're going to have to be getting in on soon. We'll after your, after your fire. What's what's coming up uh next week, Kyle? So next week we have TNA Turning Point. We're doing a TNA show. Yeah, and this is a very infamous TNA show for a ro- the wrong reason, but I think it's going to still be a solid show. I think the matches are pretty good. I am actually spacing out on the year. I think it's 2009. Somewhere around there. When Jeff Hardy was uh, intoxicated for the main up. event against Sting. Well, yeah, well, which yeah. was the, so that's the reason the show is remembered, and not just in TNA circles, but in wrestling circles. But we want, we want to go through the whole show because the rest of the guys are overshadowed, and I'm pretty sure there's some good matches on that card. Oh, I'm sure there will be. Uh, so I, look forward to that next week. I, I know AJ Styles, Matt Hardy, Kurt Angle are all on the card. 
So, and I'm super glad that we were able to WrestleMania 19 starting it off great. We had that crap of the new of New Blood Rising, and then we got refreshed here with this one. So the the next one, not only are we getting another promotion, we're getting an even balance. So please, please let us know what you think. Yeah, give us more yeah. suggestions. We, listen we to some, we've got we a, some feedback. We've got a few suggestions up on. Facebook, Facebook, but yep. we want more. Yeah, yeah reach and out to us. Reach out to I'll, us. Please. I'll post something again, and maybe have you guys help me pick something else. Yeah. We'll and even shout you out for suggestions. Yeah, we'll yeah, shout definitely. you out yeah. and buy a T-shirt. Support please. us. Yeah, keep the and, dream alive. Um, please, please be a if, if you guys are listening and aren't using Facebook, um, shoot us an email. We're at bigboysandbodyslams at gmail So just our podcast name at gmail.com uh, we check the inbox every day so just send us any general feedback or show requests or anything uh, we love you guys keep supporting can we get a sweet little graphic like right down here yeah sure uh, I'll put something in uh, we love you guys Bonzi's every single face. one of you guys listening uh, too sweet and we'll see you guys too next week sweet. thanks guys thanks